Welcome to the X Talks, where we unlock the ultimate you. I'm sitting here with Susan. Susan, how are you? Tell me about you and what you are overcoming. Okay, I'm Susan. Um, I'm 46, and um, most currently I am working on um, working through a diagnosis that I received last fall that kind of changed the trajectory of my life. Um, in September, I found out I had stage four cancer. Um, and that was obviously a shock. Um, it's a genetic mutation type of lung cancer. And, um, so from there we've had to obviously visit the doctors quite a bit and get a lot of testing done and start treatment and wrap our brains around it, which has taken probably this amount of time. Um, Hmm. And I would say the first three months um, were the most difficult and honestly don't know how I would have done it without coming um, to the workout and um, processing it with Aaron and doing meditations to just calm my thinking down. Um, So, and then of late, um, I have been working towards other goals. I'm hoping to qualify for a surgery. And so I've switched over to working out in the gym as well and working hard there. Um, I do think I've started to wrap my brain around it and actually be at peace with however this story ends. Hmm. That's interesting. So when you were diagnosed last year, how did that change your life as far as what you thought, like you've seen other people be diagnosed with cancer, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that like when we were talking last year, it was like, well, you just assumed there'd be medicine for it. Right. And then all of the, that wasn't even an option that there was no cure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as far as how my life has changed, I resigned the next day mm-hmm. <laughs> from your job, uh, from my job. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like this was going to be my retirement. Um, we were getting a lot of conflicting information from two different oncologists. So it was definitely a bleaker story. Um, with the first oncologist here in town. And then we went to MD Anderson and got a lot more hope. But um, as is common with a lot of these cancers of the internal organs, like you don't have a lot of symptoms until it's stage four because you don't have um, pain um, neurons and whatnot in your internal organs. Um, And you're not a smoker. Like there's no reason that you're this healthy person. Right. And that is one, like one, first of all, a stigma of lung cancer that, you know, I don't think people have a lot of sympathy for people with lung cancer because they think they did it to themselves. Right. But there 10 to 15% of lung cancers are not smoking cancers. Um, And if you have a lung, you can get lung cancer is the story or is the quote of longevity. So Cancer is just cell growth out of control and it can happen anywhere in your body. Um, so I think I've talked rambled too long and forgot oh, the other part of no, the question. I was just saying, well, you were diagnosed, right? And mm-hmm. then there was, and you had been right. so like thought, like we'd all thought, well, there's cures for these things. Right. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden there's no cure. Right. And now you're faced with a, like an, a problem or like a, something that you've never even thought. Right. I mean, I've never, I would just assume like you believe in Western medicine, like right. boom, done. I, there, well, there's something right. I can do for this. Right. right. So this is like in our day and age, it just seems like it was shocking to me that 
the first time you hear the word cancer, they tell you it's incurable. Part of that is because of the, you know, lack of innervation and lack of symptoms with these types of cancers. But I still thought, okay, what do we do? That's fine. Let, let's go. Let's get to treatment. Um, so my treatment currently is just an immunotherapy, which is a blessing because my immune system is strong and I feel great. Um, which also makes it a little more surreal that this is incurable, right. but, um, but I'm glad I'm thankful that I feel good. And that's the treatment for now. Um, but yeah, you have to like, it takes a long time to wrap your brain around getting a diagnosis like that because, um, I felt relatively young and healthy and the trajectory of my life is for sure going to change with that. So there was just a, a big shift for me, you know, when you got diagnosed, just because of like, just the mortality of all the, everything that we have, you know, and how, how did it change, I guess, your day-to-day life and experiences as far as stress and as far as what's really important? And yeah. I think initially it was pretty bad. And I think it would be for anyone because you just aren't thinking about that yet at mm-hmm. 46. Um and it would hit, you'd hate to go through life thinking you're going to die. You know what I mean? Like that wouldn't be a great right. way to live either. Right. But then exactly. you, you just thought you had more time. Definitely right? thought I had more time. Definitely initially was just mourning that loss of time, um, which, you know, manifested in a number of ways, sleeping a lot. <laughs> um, but since then, like, I think with any kind of stress in life or fear or anxiety, like you can only live at that, like, level for so long Mm -hmm. or you literally go insane, which probably happens at times too. But like, Mm -hmm. I've just worked through a lot of that. I'm not afraid of death. Um, so I'm kind of at peace with however this goes, but that took a long time. Yeah. 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 So day to day, I think it hasn't been that long. No, I mean, I can't even imagine. Yeah, I know. But yeah, yeah, you kind of have to get there or you just going crazy. Um, So day to day, like, I feel like I wasn't a person that took life for granted in the first place. Mm -hmm. Like I spent a lot of time with my kids. I, you know, Mm -hmm. we took vacations. Um, I think I enjoyed my life prior Mm -hmm. to this, but you definitely intentionally look for those opportunities to spend time with people mm-hmm. and do joyful things. So I think that's changed in the day to day. Yeah. And so what do you think that other people that have cancer, like, what do you think that people aren't hearing that they need to hear? Um, I think you always have to try to find the hope, um, either with, you know, a cure or in my case, there's no cure, but there's a lot of treatments that Mm -hmm. could keep me here for a long time. Um, so whatever that hope looks like for you or get an errand (laughs) for a while, Erin was my only hope. (laughs) She was my ray of sunshine and I craved it and I had to be here. So Mm -hmm. you need supportive people Mm -hmm. and positivity and hope and your attitude definitely is going to help only help. I mean, mm-hmm. it can hurt. So you got to like have the right attitude so that it helps this process. Um, do you think that you were born with this fighting attitude? Do you think it's because like you were a competitive volleyball player? You, you know, like, cause you were like, let's hit it. Like you were just, let's do this and yeah. let's try anything. I can't imagine. I'm, I guess there are people out there that don't have the fighting spirit, but I can't imagine at 46 when you're told this and you have a family that you right. don't want to just fight with everything you have. So I don't know if that comes from volleyball or just being a human mm-hmm. <laughs> that you want to live. So um, because of that, you want to fight. Um, but I definitely have been pushing 
my oncologist that I want to be more aggressive right up front, um, which is not necessarily the standard of care for this type of cancer. So I don't know the answer to that, but I'm definitely wanting to fight it. Well, you definitely, like you went and got the MD Anderson thing on your own, right? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like there's, we put so much trust in the doctors that there would be people that would just listen to that first doctor and go, I guess it's over for me. Right. You know what I mean? And then, then that it's that brain body connection. Yeah. And I really loved, um, when you, you had been here about two months after your diagnosis and you had said something like, and it was exactly what I was like hoping you'd feel, but you get to put it down when you come here, yeah. you know, cause that's the first thing I told you. I was like, I'm not going to treat you like you're sick. You're coming when you're here, you're healed. And that's it. Like, we're going to act like you're healed. I'm not going to look at you like you're, you know, with sad eyes, we're just going to come and you're healed. And then I, I wasn't sure you were getting it <laughs> for a while. And then right. all of a sudden, like, it was like two months. You're like, oh, when I come here, I'm just healed. Like, I'm like, yes, yeah, you do it. That is huge. It is a very heavy burden that just hits you randomly throughout the day. But here, I don't ever feel like that. And honestly, some of the pity looks are the, are the worst. Yes. So I appreciate that that's not how I'm treated here. I'm still alive. I'm yeah. still living every day. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to mourn what's to come when I'm here today. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So how has the swell method been? How have you taken that? And I think it's been huge. I've always worked out. I've always, I feel like I've taken good care of myself. Mm-hmm. I've always eat well, eaten well and exercised, but, um, I don't know that I did the sitting and I don't know that I, I know I never like meditated to this, um, mm-hmm. level and I just incorporating the whole picture, mm-hmm. um, has been so helpful for my mental health. Cause obviously we want me to get in peak physical health, but I've got some mental hurdles too. So, right. um, just looking at the big picture and doing all of that has been very helpful. And I really love, I mean, I think you could have really helped people too, where you came from, even though you have cancer, but just even people that don't where you are, you know, you're 46 and you had never meditated before. Like you didn't mm-hmm. feel that you needed it. Mm-hmm. And, um, And I was a little nervous at first because, you know, it is a little awkward. Mm -hmm. So how long did it take for you to, to really begin to feel that bliss? It definitely takes a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. It's definitely something you have to practice. The first time is definitely weird. And I think we've talked about many times how I think I'm doing it wrong. I'm not imagining like, yes, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yes. And I have to like, let go of that, which is difficult for me. Like just Mm -hmm. let it be. And Mm -hmm. that definitely takes practice. And I, I know. I don't know. Like if you get a straight A in meditating, that's the point, (laughs) but like, I'm still not there, but I definitely feel the bliss. And I, um, like definitely like if you just need to shut your mind off, which I did all the time need to do that in the first three months, like, because otherwise it was just on a terrible loop. So meditation was crucial for me. And now it still brings me peace and calmness Mm -hmm. and, um, it's kind of spiritual. It, I mean, it's really amazing how you can just spend maybe an hour of your day just feeling good, you know, and mm-hmm. it, and you think like you need food or you're going to like watch a TV show or do something else or sleep. And when you can really like it, the, where we get in our meditating is so much deeper, mm-hmm. you know, like we want to be really vibrating. Like we want to feel like yes. that all day. Yes. And absolutely. It, yeah. And it's just that 
telling people that they have to keep going. Right. You know, you, yeah. You have to keep you have to getting them there go. for the second one is probably the trickiest. Yes. Like everybody will try it, yes. but then they don't know what they're doing that first time. Mm-hmm. And so they think they're not doing it right or what, I don't know why, right. but you definitely have to commit to like a couple weeks of right. doing it. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And because that's what I hear all the time. Like I didn't feel any different. I'm like, I know, but you have to keep going. Yeah. You have yes. to keep going. Yes. It's so worth it. Yeah. Did going. the, like the educational part, like the science part of the meditating help you that we did with Dr. Joe? Yeah, I think so. Because that's one of the weird things about the meditations is he talks kind of funny. Yeah. So I think hearing him one talk normally and explain what the process is supposed to be in the science and the science. Yeah. Like this isn't just sort of some sort of, uh, you know, right. Mystical thing. Right. And I think just those energy chakras that he's talking Mm -hmm. about the different, like the fact that those are rooted in a 2000 year old Mm -hmm. religion. Like to me, you can't discount Mm -hmm. that there isn't value there because it's been going on for so long. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, so right. Yeah. 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 So, um, moving forward in your ultimate ex life where you're healed and you know, and now you've experienced this. I do wonder like if you didn't get cancer, would you ever have been open to meditating? Like how would, how would we get? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I ever would have like thought of that. Um, cause you didn't think you needed it. Right. Like, yeah, no, that definitely wasn't in my wellness repertoire. Mm-hmm. I never even like thought about it. So um, do you think you'll continue after you're cured? Oh Yeah. Yeah. Like, I yeah, definitely think I will because um, I think it'll bring, I think for the rest of my life, however long that is, I'm going to have moments of panic and anxiety yeah. around this time of my life. So I think that will always be one of my go-tos is to, mm-hmm. they gave me some anti-anxiety pills when I was first diagnosed. And I took a couple here and there, but then from there on out, when I was having like what I assumed was a bit of an anxiety attack, I would go mm-hmm. meditate. Mm-hmm. I just had to slow the world down for a minute mm-hmm. and let my brain catch up. And yeah. So I think I will definitely get your body out of the way. Yes. And just let healing. Yes. Happen. Yeah. Breathe and just, yeah. Yeah. So I think that it would be really powerful, you know, in the state that you're in with the diagnosis that you have to be able to think greater than that mm-hmm. as to like your ex life. So what is your ultimate ex life and how do you bring it into your life every day, even in this state? Right. So, um, I can say this without crying. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, the ultimate ex life for me is just spending good quality time with my family and friends who have been amazing through this whole process. Um, and just living in the moment, which is a bit of a cliche, but that's definitely what we all should do and need to do. And so whether I'm here five years or 20 more, um, that's my goal. Stay as healthy as I can to enjoy my family and friends. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love that. Uh, what does the world need to know according to Susan? Oh my goodness. I'm not sure I am the voice um, that needs to be telling the world, yeah. <laughs> but maybe just what I just said, like live in the moment. And, um, I don't think most people take life for granted. I honestly don't, but, um, don't and make sure your loved ones know you love them. And I don't think we mean to, you know what I mean? I just think we're in this world where you have to work, 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 work for retirement, but retirement's not, it's not guaranteed. Right. You know, like let's put ourselves last so we can do all these other things. And then when you're, when you're healthy and when you're wealthy, you want a thousand, 10,000 things. And when you're sick, you want more. Exactly. That's very true. And so it really does. Like, it's not that we're meaning to be not that, but in the, in a moment life was changed and your whole perspective was changed, but yet 
nothing changed. Right. right. You know? Right. And they were able to be more present. Yeah. You know? I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are not, if you don't have a, a cancer diagnosis, what would you tell somebody had knowing both sides? How would they live in the moment? How would you? Um, I think we can just all get caught up in the details and the carpools and the sports schedules and the retirement funds. And I, I think you have to very intentionally make sure you set some of that down, at least on a weekly basis and take a like check in and make sure you're doing what you really want to be doing. If this was if you're, you know, next 20 years weren't guaranteed, are you checking off the things that you really want to make sure you get done in this world and in this life and spending time with your loved ones? And mm-hmm. so just don't get lost in the like having rituals race. of like, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. purposeful, yeah, connection and time, right? Maybe schedule it like you schedule everything else, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Okay, anything else? I don't think so. Okay, <laughs> love you, love you. <laughs>